Good evening, everybody. Brian Newbert here from uh, GoldenBlack.com. Live in his car, leaving the snowy parking lot um, of Carver Hawkeye Arena, if snowy is an appropriate word. Mountains of snow probably disqualify you from using the word snowy. Um, but this is your GoldenBlack.com drive home post-game podcast following Purdue's 84-70 win here at Iowa. It is brought to you by our friends at the uh, East End Grill and Rippling Company, Purdue Federal Credit Union, uh, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, uh, which I will not be driving past anytime soon. Uh, what you hear in the background, that whooshing sound, that is my heater. And if it's bothering you, I'm sorry to hear that, but it is way more important to me right now than your than this podcast is. So um, I will try to speak up. I will try to be clear, and so on and so forth. 84 to 70, Purdue win over Purdue wins over Iowa. Uh, big story once again, Zach Eady. Um, I try to mention this a couple times a year when Purdue has a great player. It's just don't take it for granted. I know games like this, you know, you might look down, see 33 and 18 from Edie at the end of the game and just kind of expect it. And you should never expect it. Uh, you should always appreciate uh, great players while you can watch them, uh, while they're around with the school you are fond of, uh, shall we say. That's the best word I could come up with off the top of my head. Um, he, he's just an amazing player I think that has been covered uh, ad nauseum to this point. Uh, ten more fouls drawn tonight, four blocks. Uh, another big road win. Ho-hum, another 84 points on the road uh, for Purdue in the Big Ten. Uh, Ho-hum, another 30-18 and 18 for Zach Eady. You know, it's just the beat kind of goes on. Purdue's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but they are. Uh, and tonight was was Zach Eady, uh, and it was the bench, and it was timely shooting, and it was pretty much everything. Uh, the bench really, really drove that first half. There was a 14-0 run in the middle of the half that really seized control of this game for Purdue. It was led not by Zach Eady, not by Braden Smith, not by Fletcher Lawyer, but by Ethan Morton making a jump shot and enforcing a steal, getting a run out, missing the layup, but providing an easy opportunity for a putback for Braden Smith. Four straight points accounted for by Ethan Morton. And then Camden Heidi and Caleb first both hustled for tip-ins. Mason Gillis makes a three. I consider him a sixth starter. I'm not going to mention him as a bench player, a reserve, uh, what have you. Um, really a, a, a warning shot by Purdue once again to opponents that they're going to keep coming, and they're going to keep bringing guys. They can come in waves at times. Um, you're not going to get this every night from the guys I just mentioned, but – there can be games where they just rise up and kind of win a game for you uh, here and there. And when you have that extra layer of possibility on top of an already just unbelievable team, that's uh, that's pretty formidable. You know, Purdue is shooting the ball really well, has all season. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer is well over 50% in Big Ten play from three-point range. Uh, Lance Jones is not. Uh, he's at 33% somewhere in that ballpark, but he shoots like he's a 70% shooter. He has no hesitation whatsoever. He's not afraid of the moment. And for that reason, he makes big shots. And I don't think Purdue was in jeopardy of losing this game when Iowa was in within eight there in the last two minutes. Uh, but Purdue gets up against the shot clock. Iowa gets a stop there. They have a chance to cut it to six, maybe five. Who knows? Um, 
didn't matter because Lance Jones gets the ball in his hands. Purdue needs somebody to do something, and he makes a step back three, uh, biggest shot of the game, most memorable shot of the game, and Lance Jones in a nutshell. Uh, he, his mentality uh, for a guy who really should be your fourth or fifth leading scorer is that of your first or second leading scorer, like he was at SIU. I think that mentality has really, really translated well to the role he's playing at Purdue. It wasn't supposed to be this way. That, that This is not why Purdue recruited him. This is all value added on top of his defense, his energy, his physicality, his explosiveness in the open floor, kind of things like that. But Purdue's getting so much out of that kid. He's been an absolute godsend. I think his, his energy and his personality have been great for this team. Uh, I wrote last week that human nature is such that this easily could have profiled for Purdue as a season-long tension headache given the pressure that's going to be on this team here in a couple weeks and really all season. I think he's really, if that's even an issue for Purdue, that underlying storyline, I think Lance Jones is the sort of personality type who could be a real pressure release and a real uh, light in the mood type of guy. He's just done everything for Purdue. You just can't say enough about what they've gotten out of him and um, what he's gotten out of Purdue and things like that. This is kind of what it's all about in college basketball. Guys really enjoying themselves. Guys kind of re- kind of relishing every experience, making the most of their time. I hate the COVID year, as you are well aware at this point. I'm tired of watching 24- and 25-year-olds play college basketball. It's a game for kids and young men, uh, not adults or semi-professionals. But Lance Jones... Dalton Connect at Tennessee comes to mind, too. These guys are the success stories, guys who've used this to their advantage, who've really helped themselves. And uh, really set themselves up for basketball after their colleges and really, really endeared themselves to their fan bases, gotten their names out there, gotten on TV, really, really helped themselves in a variety of regards. This is one of the success stories from that COVID year. Sorry, I'm getting notifications on my phone while I talk into it in a parking lot. Um, so Lance Jones obviously mentioned him. Uh, Purdue's just kind of got it going, man. Uh, the the whole rebounding part of this too. Purdue's uh, 50 to 24 on the glass. I usually don't put stock in the raw numbers, but since these two teams shot a pretty equivalent percentage for the game, I think that's a little more meaningful, and thus we don't have to break that down to rebounding percentages. Things like that. Purdue is just a suffocating rebounding team. Suffocating rebounding team. Uh, between Edie, Mason Gillis, Trey Kaufman, Wren, who appeared to hurt his ankle in the second half, uh, left, the f- left the arena under his own power. So I, I don't think there's any huge emergency there. Um, but, but those three guys alone uh, just make this a really, really high-end rebounding team. You throw in what you got tonight from Camden Heidi, Caleb First, guys who are athletic and try hard. Uh, just a really good mix and a really, really impossible matchup for opponents to, to deal with, especially a team like Iowa, who's much more skill-based than they are size and power-based, you know, kind of things like that. Purdue's just kind of got a little bit of everything and a lot of some things. And uh, it's just a really good mix they've got going on here. And, you know, they are ranked and they are – winning at a level um, that reflects this mix they've built and how good they are top to bottom. And, you know, I think you're seeing their experience 
you know, two games in a row, road games now, where everything's gone right for you in the first half, and then the opponent on their home floor makes a run in the second, you really don't flinch either time. And uh, I think that's the added maturity, the added experience, the added wisdom this team has relative to where it was a year ago. I've said this all along, all year, or going back all the way to the summer. Last year wasn't Purdue's shot to do something really meaningful. This year is Purdue's shot because you've got that experience in the backcourt that you didn't have a year ago, and now it's kind of up to Purdue to sort of maximize that opportunity. And, you know, so far, so good. So, hey, that's kind of what I got from Purdue's 84-70 to win at Iowa. I'm going to finish up my writing here, and then I'm going to head on the road uh, and hopefully not join the legion of abandoned cars all over I-80. I don't know what goes on here when it snows on I-80. It's like... Uh, like Burning Man for old, old abandoned cars uh, out here on I-80 stuck in snow. Uh, anyway, uh, excellent Burning Man reference, I have to say. Thank you to the uh, East End Grill and Rippling Company, Purdue Federal Credit Union, T&W Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, as always, for your support. And I have one more favor to ask. I have been very negligent over the years in asking you for one small favor, And that's if you listen to these things and you enjoy these things, it helps us if you leave five-star reviews and comments, things like that. If you don't enjoy these things, well, you can just go ahead and keep that to yourself. But if you do and you could help us out by doing that, it's apparently important. Um, So if you could do that for me, that would be uh, very much appreciated. So thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you again at Purdue Place, Michigan at home this week.